Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness, where we will be sharing insights into the world of mental health and wellness as we explore traditional medicine and holistic healing options. It's time to have new conversations about mental health. Join Mara James, the founder and CEO of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, as she guides us along this journey. And now, let's talk wellness. Wellness. I'm your host, Mara James, and I'm excited to introduce to you my friend and an amazing hypnotherapist, Andrea Fagenholz. Hi, Mara. So happy to be here. So excited to have you here. And it's so amazing how we first met. If I could share, um, you were uh, my husband's patient, as an, you know, he's an OBGYN. And we met and I felt like we were soul sisters and it was just like, we, we, I felt like we, we met when we first met. And it was weird because of the timing, like I walked out of the office, but then I called cause I like had to come back in and then you were at the front. So it was just divine always. It, yeah, always. It was so beautiful. So can you share with our friends how you, um, a little bit about your interests and how you became a hypnotherapist? Absolutely. So I actually started um, my original career in accounting. Um, I did tax accounting um, for one of the big fours. And within that, I struggled with some mental health um, things that came up. And I kind of just started to think that the anxiety or the negative self-talk or the you name it, any emotion that I didn't want to feel was just part of me. Like, this is just how I handle this job. Like, this is just who I am. Um, and I didn't really realize how much of it too, that I almost wasn't helping myself with, like, just kind of saying like, this just is what it is and not providing myself some of the resources that I now know exist. Um, and so within that profession, um, I learned a lot and I would never change a thing about it because it definitely developed who I am today and where I am today. Um, but I started to get introduced um, into the subconscious mind. And I was originally introduced to it via my husband, who's a chiropractor and does a specific technique called NET, which is neuroemotional technique. And that's where it started to kind of get the ball rolling. And I was like, this concept of the subconscious mind and how much control it has is a game changer. Like within minutes, you can feel better um, and you can shift the way that the mind portrays certain experiences or events or how you feel, all of that. And so I started to just do research on the mind and how it works and how to get this knowledge out to more people because I felt as though I had barely even heard about it. And I'd come back to the company I was working for and like tell all my colleagues about it and how good I feel now. And it was almost like it was non-existent. Um, and so I get introduced to hypnotherapy. I did one session and it was just a game changer. And I knew that my purpose, my calling was really just to share the awareness of how much power we really have at our own fingertips and what we can do with it. So that was where I just kind of started to enter this world. And since then it has just expanded. And how long ago was that when you started this journey? Oh man, I think it was close to four years ago now, I want to say. That's a good question, wow. but it's somewhere wow. around that ballpark. So it's, it took off and kind of like what we just said, when I met you, how it was just 
you know, meant to be, we were at the right place at the right time. And I felt like that's how it was for this, where I went, I'm coming from the background I came from, I did my CPA and all of that very like, you know, type a, a certain path. And so when I went into hypnotherapy, I was like, I want to do this, but I want to give it my all. I want to jump in and really soak in everything I can feel like I'm equipped to help people in the proper way. And so I went to this school up in Tarzana, that was a year long program. And you get to do like clinical experience for half the year. And you have this, you know, resources and teachers and professors, et cetera, who are there to really guide you. Um, and so coming out of it, I feel like everything just really fell into place. And that's when I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, clients just started, like, it was just almost too odd to even explain, but it was just, it flowed. It flowed. That's the best way to describe it. It's so beautiful. So when you went back to work and did your, did your coworkers know that you were experiencing any of those negative emotions or negative self-talk? And then also when you went back after hypnotherapy and you shared with them, did they notice a difference? Yeah, I think, again, it was almost talked about as though it was just kind of unavoidable at the beginning. Um, And so to an extent, it was just like, oh, we're in busy season. So this is just how we're going to feel. This is just part of the day to day. But that's a long day to day. It's not just for one week. It's not just for one day. It's for a long time. Um, And so once I really realized that like to take my power back and don't get me wrong, it took some, you know, shifting and like reprogramming with that hypnotherapy. And sometimes it was like in one session, I felt instantly better. And sometimes it was some deeper rooted, you know, experiences that I had to be ready to let go of or to work through or to shift because I was changing some of my beliefs, my belief system about myself and what I was capable of or how I wanted to feel or what I was worthy of or whatever it may be. Um, And so, yeah, I would say that when I came back, when I was more openly, I was very open about talking about it. Um, And just my wellness journey in general, I'm pretty open about talking to. And so when I would share with them, like definitely it was very intriguing because it almost, it's empowering, right? Like the fact that you get to kind of decide, like, how do I want to feel? What, what do I want to allow to trigger me or to not trigger me? Um, And just, just the ability to have that choice is something that I think, you know, obviously we all deserve. That is so amazing. And you're right. People don't realize, you know, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And people don't realize that. And they just think, okay, this is my diagnosis, possibly, or these are my feelings. And it's, I just have to deal with it. Um, did you ever do any, um, take any medication or do any regular like talk therapy before you dove into hypnotherapy? I did talk therapy. I was not, I was not on any medication. Um, I did do talk therapy, which was incredibly helpful. And even now, like I still highly recommend it to my clients. I think it's a good um, uh, compliment to hypnotherapy where hypnotherapy comes in, I think is the main goal in hypnotherapy is to connect to your subconscious mind. And you're probably going to ask me this, but I feel like it's a good opportunity to, to dive in, you know, like why the subconscious, what is so important about it? I feel like that's a common question I get. So whoever's on the line or listening, I always like to just have everyone close their eyes if it's safe for you to do so in this moment. Cause I think we could just go through a really short visualization, which helps understand what I'm talking about. So if you just visualize a circle real quick for me, just draw a circle in your mind and go ahead and color in about 88% of that circle with the color yellow. 
and then color in the remaining 12% of that circle with the color red. And then draw a line between the yellow and the red with the color blue. Now take a step back from that circle, look at a big picture and notice how much of that circle, that 88% is made up of that color yellow, how little of that circle, that 12% is made up of that color red. That yellow represents our subconscious mind, whereas that red represents our conscious mind. And that blue we drew between the two, that represents our critical mind, which is kind of like our bodyguard, our gatekeeper, protecting the subconscious from everything and anything. So if you want to open your eyes, now you can. But basically, as you could tell, our subconscious controls a whole lot of our total mind power. Our thoughts, beliefs, behaviors, experiences, you name it, are in that subconscious. So in order to really make that shift happen, and not only happen, but actually stick long term, it's really beneficial to actually make that happen in the subconscious first. If we try to do it consciously, we can do it. It just might take a lot of pushback from that critical mind, that bodyguard, that gatekeeper, because it, because to the mind, it goes, wait, I don't know this new thought. I don't know this new belief. I don't know this new emotion. And I don't know if this is going to keep me safe. And the number one priority of the subconscious is to keep you safe, which is a beautiful thing. But sometimes it doesn't differentiate what safety is versus what we desire for it to be, right? Because it thinks, oh, anxiety has kept me safe my whole life, but has it? Or is that just all you know your whole life, right? So it's that fear of change. Yeah, because change can be intimidating. And I think that all of us as humans can naturally say that, and that's okay. So within the hypnosis and hypnotherapy route, what we're doing is we're just retraining the mind to find that safety in a different way. Beautiful. Do you feel that sometimes it's easier to work with someone on the younger side and not necessarily children, like, but you know, someone in their thirties versus their sixties or seventies, because when you're like been living with an emotion or maybe a negative emotion for so long, you don't know who you'd be without it. And if they're younger, they might, it might be easier. They might be more willing to release them. I would actually like, I think intuitively we'd almost want to say yes. Right. But from my experience, like I just thought of two clients, like right off the top of my head that are in that 60 to 70, um, age group and the change and the, like what I have seen from them. And even just a matter of a few sessions has been so monumental and just absolutely inspiring. And so I think it's a more of a matter of when you are ready and actually wanting to make that change happen, no matter what age you are. I will say right off the bat, when you said that, I was thinking most of our thoughts and beliefs, most of what is stored in our subconscious mind is started to be built from the ages of zero to eight years old. So a lot of what is stored, it comes from that age period. And then it's built off of that. So I will say from zero to eight, it's really impactful how we speak to our children, how we acknowledge their emotions, how we allow them to feel heard, allow them to feel loved, allow them to feel worthy, allow them to feel that they can express themselves no matter what they're feeling or don't know what they're feeling. Um, and so that piece is really, really important. But I would say that any age has the ability to make that shift happen just as easy or challenging as another age. Beautiful. And what age um, is the youngest that you would recommend working with a, a child or a teen uh, with right. hypnotherapy? 
Completely. Um, in my personal opinion, I would say that most children that I see are about six or older. I think that it's possible at a younger age, but I think it's more about how the parents incorporate um, the day-to-day -day interaction. And even like as young as six up to, you know, that middle school age, the parents play a really, really large role um, in how hypnotherapy actually translates over to the children um, because the parents reaffirm what you're working on, or they can reverse what you're working on. Um, and so when I work with younger children, I do work really closely also with the parents because we all have to be on the same page because our environment does impact, you know, how we are continuing to build ourselves. Right. So what are different circumstances or emotions that you work with or like if some you know if a child or if, uh, you know if somebody's having like a manic episode is that something where you would work with them um you know obviously fear anxiety and is there anything that you wouldn't work on and you would refer yeah. elsewhere that's a great question so when it is something like a manic episode i am always working in collaboration with a doctor or whoever they might be seeing on the outside realm um i am very you know careful to be connecting and working with the other parties that are involved to make sure they're getting the best of care. But what I typically do in those cases is take a very gentle approach by using guided imagery and guided imagery actually I use in every single one of my sessions, but it depends how long I extend it out to. So some guided imagery might just be a matter of like three minutes, kind of lock it all in and others, it's the entire session. Um, I no session looks the same. It is very individualized based on the person. And so I will say based on the situation or the experience and how sensitive or fragile that specific moment is, um, I'll take different approaches, but I would say guided imagery is usually one of my go-to because what it is, is it's a very gentle approach to communicating with the mind. The mind is incredibly receptive to it. And also it encourages play of the mind. And so it's not telling the mind what to do. Instead, it's encouraging it to play, which in return allows it to find its own solutions. And the mind likes to feel as though it has control. And so in a way we're giving it that control, but we're also setting the intention and leading it in the way that we desire. I love that. You got, so you're guiding it along. Um, that is amazing. So you shared with me when we last spoke um, that you love to help people clear emotional and limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Can you share with us about that? Absolutely. So I feel like what tends to happen is what I'll see is like people will come in for one reason, right? Like anxiety or, um, or like they want to move past a great life hurdle or challenge and they don't understand why, like, why do I feel so stuck? Why do I feel like I don't have the choice to do that? Why do I feel like I can't move forward? And I feel like a lot of times what we don't realize is that we have some of these limiting emotions or limiting beliefs that are really deep rooted. Like I talked about from that age of zero to eight, maybe is where they started. And since then we've just reaffirmed them. We've just continued to strengthen them. We've allowed them. Right. And so a lot of times what I see is needing to really tap into what the root is in the grand scheme of things. And the root can be anything, but usually what's happening is there is some type of root, whether it's um, abandonment or it can be, and these are again, sorry, I'm getting a little off track, but like these could be things that as a child we viewed as abandonment or we viewed as um, 
you know, unsafe or we viewed as loss, whatever guilt, grief, shame, all these things. But again, what we see as a child is very different than what we see as adults. And so it's not right or wrong, but it's our perception. And all that matters is our perception. So what a child sees is right to the child, but sometimes it's not portrayed in the way that actually of what actually happened. And so it's just a matter of going in and making sure that our mind can understand how it felt was completely valid. Um, but also being able to see from a new lens and decide, so now moving forward, how do I actually want to feel? What would I want to feel? Could I have seen this in a different way? What could have I seen? What was my learning? What was my resource that I had that I didn't even realize I had at that time in my life? Or it could have even been when you were adult, doesn't have to be a child. But now that I can see that I'm outside of that experience, outside of that situation. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So we're going to take a brief break. Um, and before we do, I'm going to pose the question, let you think about it. If you could share with us at, when we come back and our listeners and watchers, um, one, two, maybe three really wow, impactful stories that you have had with your clients that have actually blown your mind, that have blown their mind. And also I want to talk about how, you know, there's like hypnotherapy, um, hypnotists that are on stage and they have this whole act and how that might give a hypnotherapist um, a bad name when in fact you have such a beautiful God-given gift. So hold on everybody, we'll be right back. In these shifting and changing times, more and more lives are being impacted by mental health. The Extraordinary Lives Foundation, also known as ELF, is transforming the way people view and navigate mental health challenges. Their mission is to improve children's mental health and wellness and support families by providing educational tools, resources, and awareness events. ELF encourages families to recognize symptoms, overcome the stigma, and reach out for help. Through prevention, early intervention, and holistic treatment, we believe many of the big problems facing today's youth can be transformed within a generation. Extraordinary Lives Foundation is excited to offer the Hugs for Life Healing Center, growing a worldwide network of approved holistic healers and bridging the gap between traditional and complementary healing options. Visit the Extraordinary Lives Foundation website at www.elfempowers.org to find out more about their resources and events. Together, we can change the conversation around mental health. We hope that you're enjoying today's Let's Talk Wellness podcast. And if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, we would love to hear from you. Simply email us at info at elfempowers.org. That's info at elfempowers.org. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Talk Wellness. I am your host, Mara James, and I'm excited to share with you my amazing friend and hypnotherapist, Andrea Fagenholtz. Hi there. Hi there. So Andrea, we, I asked you if you could think about a couple of uh, situations or healings that you've done with clients that have blown your mind, that have blown their mind, and of course, not sharing any names because we don't want to break HIPAA. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a beautiful question though. Um, I would say two that stand out right off hand are 
One was related to um, anger and coming in feeling as though the best way to describe it would be like out of control, um, feeling as though they couldn't, you know, get that anger to by any means drop down. Um, and so it was one of those where when the client came in, um, they were actually pretty resistant, not to coming in, but in the sense of just this won't work, like this is just not going to help me. Um, and I allowed them to express that and to feel that. Um, and in the back of my mind, I was also thinking that usually this type of resistance actually is when you see the greatest growth um, because the mind is right at that brink of being like, I know I need this. I know I want this. I know I'm ready for this. I know I'm worthy of this. Um, but it's just giving that last little pushback. And so when the client came back in for the second session, they were like, yeah, that just, there's no way that just didn't do anything. Um, and I was like, okay, that's great. Like if you want to, you know, pause, we can pause here, or why don't we just finish through with the second session and then we can kind of take it from there. And as we start talking, um, they're expressing all of how the week went. And as they are expressing it, they're like, wait, I would have reacted normally like this. These ahas were just lighting up. And I think what it showed me is just patience, right? Like we almost expect these sudden results, but also we're not necessarily looking for them at the same time. We almost have this expectation that we're going to see this huge, like reveal this huge curtain move back. But sometimes it's the little day-to-day -day interactions. It's the things that we don't even, that we almost take for granted in a sense that you see these changes happen, you feel more so these changes happen right before your eyes, but we have to acknowledge them. We have to talk about them. We have to bring it up so that we can recognize everything that our mind is doing for us. So I feel like that was a really cool experience to be a part of, but also to witness that someone who thought so heavily, like this won't work for me. I can't change this. This will never change within like one session and coming back around that second week they were able to, I didn't need to tell them that they changed. They were able to see this whole week of trailing events that were entirely different than what they would have normally experienced. Um, so that was like early on in my career. And I'll just never forget it because it was just so cool. And ever since then, I see that when these clients come in with a resistance or even not intentional resistance, but just kind of like, I don't know if this is going to work in the inside. I'm smiling because I'm like, you're so close. You're right there. Like you are in the best position right now to get where you desire to be. Um, so that one was really, really, really incredible. And then another one that I feel like is just something that I think a lot of us can relate to is like a fear related one. And in this specific case, um, it was fear of driving on a highway. Um, and so we worked and through that first or second session, the client was driving on the highway and not only driving, but she texted me then later on and was like, I want to go back on the highway because that was incredible. I can't believe I did it. I'm so proud of myself. And just, you could feel the glow through the phone. Um, and so I feel like it just shows that like, even some of those deepest, darkest fears that we might've had for years, it might feel so, so deeply a part of us. Doesn't mean that we're forever stuck with it. Um, and so that I actually use a lot of EFT, which is the emotional freedom technique tapping. I don't think we actually talked about that, but me and you have talked about it individually. Um, but that was just, I mean, it changed everything. And that's one of those techniques that you have at your fingertips. So anything that comes up, you can use it for. Um, so I got kind of off track, but those are probably the two that just stand out right off the bat because they were just 
huge ahas. How beautiful and how empowering for these women to be able to release these unwanted emotions. And I love when you mentioned EFT and it's in your fingertips because literally it is. So let's yeah. talk about that a little. Was that part of your hypnotherapy training or was that separate? It was separate. You could choose to do it, but I did choose to do the training um, because I knew that I wanted just like a wealth of tools in my toolbox so that I can share them. And the thing I was so drawn to with EFT is that I don't have to do it with you. I do do it with my clients in session. I usually have a full experience where we go through it together and actually tap on whatever it is they're desiring to work on. Um, But they get to take it home with them because it's literally right here. All you need is your fingertips to do it. Um, you can say it in your head. So you don't even have to say it out loud. I'll have clients who will be at a restaurant or somewhere in public where it's like they feel trapped in a sense and they can't get themselves out of this funk. And they literally will just walk to the bathroom, take a five minute break, three minute break, two minute break, tap a few rounds through and it will completely reset their energy. Um, so it is just a very, very powerful technique and one that everyone can do. And I always say to the parents that I see, um, in sessions that this is something, do it at home with your kids as you're tapping, have them tap with you. Even if they're not tapping on whatever you're tapping on, just get them in the flow of doing it. Because all of these points that I'm going to are meridian endpoints and all of our meridian endpoints are connected to certain organs, which are connected to certain emotions. So when we tap on them, we're neutralizing any of these triggers that we may have from these different experiences or situations. So when they're tapping, what is the person thinking or saying while they're doing it? Absolutely. So for example, um, if we're feeling, let's say we're feeling anxious, whatever it may be, who knows why we wake up and we're just not feeling ourselves. We're feeling anxious. We're not feeling grounded. Um, you name it. What I would do is I would just ask myself, how am I feeling right now? What is the exact emotion that I'm actually feeling in this moment? I would give it a title. So let's just say for simplicity terms, I'm feeling anxious. What I would do is I would tap on that feeling anxious, feeling anxious, feeling anxious while you think about how it is that you are actually feeling at this moment or how it is that you're feeling of what you would, what you desire to clear. Um, you don't have to necessarily be feeling it at this moment. It could be something like, for example, that example of um, feeling fear to drive on the highway you can tap into something that is not currently happening right now. You can just think about it and bring it in. Um, but either way works just as powerfully. That was just for our example purposes. So you'll think about whatever it is that you're desiring to let go of in a way. Does that answer the question? Absolutely. And it's a little confusing. So you're thinking, so the, the goal is I want to release this feeling of feeling anxious, what you're saying. And I know it's, and I know you're showing just your face, but it's a little thing around here and here, and it goes under here and there's more to it. But so how does that actually work? Just feeling anxious, feeling anxious to me, as you say, it's going to cause more anxiety. So it sounds like counterintuitive. A hundred percent. And I love that you said that. Um, so a lot of times we're like, well, I don't want to bring it in. I don't want to manifest it. I don't want to call it in even more. But in this case, what we're doing is we're tapping on those different endpoints and meridians, which again are related to those different organs and emotions. And so as we say the thing that we're feeling on them, we're actually neutralizing that emotion. So we're allowing our mind to recognize that as we say it, as we acknowledge it, as we bring it in, that we're okay, that it's okay to feel this way. It's neutralizing the trigger that we have on that emotion so that we don't need to experience that spike or that drop in that energy at that moment. What's happening is when we have these experiences, these triggers, these emotions, whatever it may be, 
we have this disconnect in our energy. And so what we're doing is we're neutralizing, we're reconnecting, we're allowing it to feel like it can flow in the proper way. Like it is intended to flow in our bodies so that we don't need to feel, um, this trigger or this, um, disconnect. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. So the other day when we spoke, you also talked about rewriting one script. The person can decide their story. That is a miraculous, very powerful statement, almost too good to be true. Can you share with us a little more about a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And this one's near and dear to my heart because I feel like, again, it's just this concept of feeling stuck, right? And we can't sometimes necessarily change the things that are going around going on around us, but we can, the one single thing that we can take hold of is how we feel and better yet, how we react if we react at all. And so what I have found to be one of my favorite pieces of hypnotherapy is the ability to, when something happens or when something is going on around us that is not desirable, to be able to take a step back. And this took work for sure but to take a step back and to recognize that I have a choice right here. I have a choice of how I'm going to feel, how I'm going to proceed forward. And if I'm going to react to this situation and it can be a tool, maybe I start tapping, maybe I use some visualization, or maybe at that point I've just reprogrammed so much that I am just flowing. It doesn't even, it doesn't even feel like I have to take that step back. Even though I am, you don't even realize you're taking it back because you've created that new pattern within yourself to go a different direction, to take a different route. Um, So it's really just that decision ultimately of which way am I going to go when I'm in this situation? And we don't need to plan for every situation. It's just the ability to always know that you have a choice when you're there. I love that. So let's talk briefly about hypnotherapy versus going to see a hypnotist. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, this is a great one. So I think a big misconception is we think, or at least I did when I, before I knew anything about hypnotherapy is I was like, oh, hypnosis, that's like in the movies or the shows in Vegas where they have someone barking like a dog or quacking like a chicken or whatever it may be. And, um, while those things are there and very present, they are for entertainment purposes. And so when I think of hypnotherapy versus stage hypnotist, hypnotherapy is more for that personal growth. It's for that development. It's for the ability to allow things within you to feel better, whatever that means to you. Um, whereas the entertainment purposes obviously is for more of that, like laughing and fun and curiosity. Um, and so I do think that a lot of people will go, well, I don't want to lose control. Like, I I don't want you to be in control of me. And that is the last thing that will happen. My intention in all these sessions um, always is to just be that middleman, to get you where you desire to be, to guide you when you need guidance, but to also leave a lot of this up to your mind, right? Because your mind is incredibly, incredibly intelligent, incredibly wise, has so many learnings and resources. We just sometimes don't know how to access them. And so for me, the biggest piece is showing you how to access them, how to take advantage of them, how to utilize them because they're yours and they're waiting for you. It's just a matter of giving them permission to kind of be expressed. Oops, that's so beautiful. So do you, um, if somebody like has a deep rooted, um, uh, something happened to the trauma that's not in their consciousness. And I know the subconscious doesn't let things come into the consciousness until it's ready 
to be revealed or released? Um, is it sometimes necessary for someone to take medication to be able to, for their body or their mind to be able to handle, handle that? Yeah, I think that medication always has its own role. And I really can't speak on behalf of it because I am definitely not a doctor. Um, and so I think that that's why I always work really close hand in hand with whoever the primary practitioner, or wherever it may be, um, because I do think that there's always a time and place for different modalities. Um, but I do think that speaking just from what I have the specialty in from hypnotherapy side of things, I think that there's a lot that can happen um, in a positive way with utilizing hypnotherapy. And I think that it is a very gentle approach to moving forward with love, with light, um, and with confidence that, you know, you can do this. That is so beautiful. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you would like to share with our friends? Honestly, I think we kind of went through it all. It feels so good. Um, I think it's just like, for me, the just biggest piece, and I get so amped up about this is just taking your power back because it's there for you. Um, and I've been there before and sometimes it doesn't feel like we can, and it's frustrating and it's disheartening. Um, but asking for help sometimes can be the greatest gift. And even me, myself, like I still see my own hypnotherapist. Like it's just one of those things that practice what you preach, right? Absolutely. And it, it, to be vulnerable for me has been such a big part of my healing journey, right? Um, so I just love that. So you've shared so many great pieces and tidbits of information. If, how can people get in touch with you? Absolutely. So um, I have uh, a website, which is just curiouslypresent.com um, or on Instagram. I am just at curiouslypresent. Um, and within my website, there's like a link that you can just press contact and just send me a note through there. Um, it also has some of my other contact information. If you do just prefer to send me a text or to give me a call. Um, and I'm sure you can probably share that actually in, in fine print um, with everybody, but Beautiful. And what would you say, do you have any specialties? I mean, do you work with like pregnant patients, postpartum depression, um, yeah. physical ailments? Like what, like when would you recommend somebody reaches out to you? Completely. Um, I would say what I, and it kind of goes in waves of who I see come in during different seasons of life. But I would say that what I tend to see a lot of is a lot of, I see a lot of anxiety related. I see a lot of just general personal development of just, I want to let go of this anger, this resentment, this guilt, this shame, this grief. Um, I also do work heavily with, um, pregnant mamas, um, or even postpartum related. Um, I myself went through that, um, as you know, and so I used hypnosis so heavily on my entire journey leading up to getting pregnant, but also then through my pregnancy and then during the postpartum and still to now. Um, and so I would say, um, yeah, all of those and plus some, it's kind of just, it's funny cause you'll come in for one thing and it's usually not just that one thing. Um, and it kind of leads us into a million different directions, which is, which is always the fun part. But that yellow part of that circle that we created in the subconscious mind is so much bigger. It has so many more issues and topics that, uh, yeah, more than me. And it has a mind of its own of what it thinks is priority. And a lot of times us stubborn as humans yes. consciously, we're like, but we want to do this, exactly. but so we have yeah. to start somewhere else to get to this. <laughs> that is so beautiful. 
beautiful Andrea. Thank you so much for being here today. And thank you to all of our listeners. Never forget that you are amazing. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Wellness. This podcast has been brought to you by the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a division of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you would like to listen to more conversations like this, we invite you to subscribe to our mailing list at www.elfempowers.org to be notified when our weekly episodes are published. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you our next conversation on Let's Talk Wellness.